What happens if I abduct an alien? If the Earth is flat, is pizza round? All of these questions you can find the answer to on This Paranormal Life! Hello everyone and welcome to This Paranormal Life, the comedy paranormal podcast where every week we investigate a brand new tale Mm -hmm. and come to the conclusion as to whether or not it is truly paranormal. My name is Rory Powers, across from me sits Kit Greer, my professional paranormal pal. How are you doing this week, Kit? Doing fantastic, Rory. Um, pretty illuminating questions right at the top. I feel like we can get to the bottom of one of them, though, right? Is... What happens if I abduct an alien? <laughs> is that the one that you were thinking? You go to an international space court, sure. But the second one uh, is pizza. It's it's also flat. Right. No, qu- wait, but Earth isn't flat. No. <laughs> so the question was, if the Earth is flat, is pizza round? So is the Earth flat, but also round? Who knew that the answer lay somewhere in the middle of the two camps, neither flat nor round? This is the, I feel like this is the question that could bring both warring factions together. Yeah, pizza. A pizza party is the answer. (laughs) All these years of conflict. World peace was so close. Uh, Well, look, we don't want to dilly-dally too much at the beginning of the podcast. We like to jump straight into it. And we need to jump straight into it because today we have quite a serious investigation to get to the bottom of. It's fun, oh. you know, dancing about, oh, the beautiful little wilderness and investigating f-ing leprechauns and dragons. But sometimes on this podcast, very rarely, we like to take on a hard-hitting mystery. This is really exciting. Damn, I'm going to have to get my Sherlock Holmes hat on. Folks, we're talking about a mystery, a disappearance, a death, and we need you to join us in possibly solving it today. Wow. So let's dive right in. It's June 6th, 1980, in a beautiful little town called Tingley in Yorkshire. Zygmunt and Lottie Adamski live a quiet suburban life after having moved from Poland 20 years ago. One sunny day, around 3.30 in the afternoon, Zygmunt decides to pop out to the local shop to pick up some potatoes for dinner that night. As he left the house, he crossed paths with a neighbor on the way out of his front gate. This is back when people really worked, Rory. You were you worked in a mine, you ate a f***ing potato and you were glad about it. Right, it's when men were men. Yeah, and you were 56, but let's face it, probably looked like you were 79. I, I think it's a remarkable that he's still working at 56. I would have thought in the 1980s, <laughs> you were born a man, work as a man and retire as an aged old 22-year-old. <laughs> yeah, whenever you were baptized in the 80s, they didn't so much dunk you in a little bit of water as hand you a pack of Marlboro Reds <laughs> and give you a pickaxe and get to work. They said, God have mercy, and threw you into the mine. The only reason you got baptized was to wash the coal and dirt off of your body before you went back into the mine. As he left the house, he crossed paths with a neighbor on the way out of his front gate. Oh, hiya, Zygmunt. You all right? Yes, hello. As his neighbor watched him leisurely stroll down the street, he had no idea that that was the last time Zygmunt would be seen alive. Holy moly. He only went out to get some potatoes. Only to get some potatoes. Over an hour passed, and Zygmunt still hadn't come home from the shops. Back at home, Lottie began to worry. What could be keeping him? 
As time marched on, she realized she has no choice but to call the police and report her husband missing. An hour seems a little fast for that. Maybe I'm talking out my ass here. Uh, I agree. I guess it, you know. Don't they usually say, like, wait 24 hours? I think you're thinking about uh, the fact that if it's not solved within the first 48, you'll never find them. Right. <laughs> There's a weird sweet spot. You can't report someone missing before 24 hours, but when it hits 26 hours... They're like, why the f*** didn't you call us sooner? He's already dead. Yeah. Uh, you have a two-hour gap where they'll give a shit and try uh, i guess it depends on uh what their habits are you know if your husband is known for going drinking at the local pub after work and not coming home on time bit of a different situation but if it's zygmunt who who's, who basically people can set their fucking clocks by what time this guy goes to buy potatoes every day <laughs> right uh, for 56 years uh then you got to worry after one hour if he's a minute late people are sweating bullets they know that something isn't right yeah also a different time no phones yeah that's a good point actually can't call anyone well they are sorry there are phones there are, no well, there, are phones. there absolutely are phones i don't know why i agreed with you no paper no pens she called the police to report her husband missing I'm just so worried about him, officer. He wouldn't just leave. It's our granddaughter's wedding tomorrow. He was really looking forward to it. All right, we'll get right to work. Don't fret now, love. We'll put the best lads on the job. For once in our stories, the police seem competent. Get to the work <laughs> immediately. This is back when policemen were, were policemen. These days... <laughs> <laughs> They're too busy playing Candy Crush in the back of the paddy wagon to actually bust any perps. Everyone was men back in the 1980s. <laughs> back when, that's back when women were men. And babies were men. men. Dogs, also men. <laughs> they started by calling hospitals to check new admissions and began a town-wide search for the missing man. On day five, they discover exactly what they were afraid of. Chief, we're down at the coal yard. It's not good. How bad is it? Bring a... Bring a... Jesus Christ. <laughs> bring a body bag. I, uh... I may have taken some creative liberties with that dialogue. Okay, I might have dramatized it a little bit. Well, sure. And actually, sorry, I giggled a couple times and I really didn't... Del I wrote it to be like a dramatic thing, so <clears throat> give me... Let me do okay, this one. Okay, let's do it, do it once more. Could you leave me in again, actually, with... Well, yeah, uh, sure. I'll try and give it the gravitas it needs. Thank you. Oh, but sorry. Just blah, blah, blah. yeah, sure. It's Go a short ahead. line. We should be able to knock it out of the park. Okay. Uh, well, I might improvise a little bit. All the best actors improvise as well. So oh, I'm not sure with something is emotionally hard. Anyway, whatever. Ignore me. That. How bad is it? So I was in. I was in. A, I was on another. Planet. Yeah, there. I could I tell. Your eyes glazed over. Out. It was weird. Just I, yeah. we could just go with the first take. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I, I told you I giggled. So let's just let's try and get this one. Yeah, uh, but you again. didn't. Okay. Well, you did a couple t anyway. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Sure. It'll take two seconds. How right. about is it? I was talking there. You need you to. You weren't. I was talking. I was talking. <laughs> Maybe I'll be the chief. Now that I think about it, I think actually I could do that. That. That role a little bit better. So maybe oh, I'll yeah, do that's that fine. line. Okay. Yeah. Sure. All right. You ready? Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. Three, two, two one. one. Sorry. How bad is it? No, you see, so my Yorkshire accent is no, a little there's rough. No way but we I feel can, like the continuity because I'm just thinking the continuity of the <laughs> accent that I delivered earlier for the police chief versus unbelievable. You know what? F it. I'll do both lines. How bad is it? 
bring a body bag, sir. Okay, we gotta we gotta so, keep moving. So I think okay. just take that. Uh, <laughs> all right, that's a wrap, everybody. At three forty. <laughs> A bring a bottle bag. This is that's the worst one yet. You know this is in England, right? You, it's not Yorkshire, Texas. At three forty-five on June eleventh, Zygmunt's body was discovered. Wish we hadn't joked so much because he's now dead. Right. He was discovered lying on top of a pile of coal. The discovery was made by Trevor Parker, the son of the owner of the coal yard. The first officer to arrive was Alan Godfrey, who was there to inspect the body and tried to deduce what happened. But when he examined the crime scene, he didn't find any answers, only more questions. This is where the mystery of Zygmunt Adamski's death really begins. Ignoring the obviously strange fact that the body was on top of a giant coal pile, miles from the victim's house, the body was dressed with trousers and a jacket, but missing a shirt. Oh, someone took the shirt off his back. On closer inspection, it looked as if the body had been dressed by somebody else, and pretty badly at that. Well, obviously. Zygmunt's trousers and shoes were both tied crudely, as if it was done by someone who didn't know how to tie knots. <laughs> His jacket had also been buttoned wrong. Which, how do you misbutton it? Well, no, sorry, actually, I guess you do the thing where you... It's actually pretty easily done. You think you're doing the right holes, but you're doing one adjacent higher. And then you get to the top and there's a butt. Yeah, it, it happens to the best. It actually, it does. So I actually sympathize a lot. And um, the shoe thing as well can actually be Have you ever like tried to tie someone else's shoes? It's impossible. It's weird because it's, it's impossible. Backwards. It's wild. That should be at the Olympics. I want to see Usain Bolt trying to tie shoelaces backwards. I want to see Tiger Woods <laughs> trying to tap his head and rub his tummy at the same time. <laughs> I want to see Michael Jordan lick his elbow. <laughs> The body was missing a watch, and there was no wallet at the scene. And possibly the strangest part of all, his hair appeared to have been given a botched trim. What the f*** is going on? This it, is like 10 years younger criminal edition, where they just f*** you up and murder you. Isn't this wild? There's so much going on here. I've been, I've been mugged twice in my life before, <laughs> and I was never once offered a haircut <laughs> before or after. Yeah. How rude. This is weird. It, I mean, is this a, a situation of make him unrecognizable? But he's wearing the same clothes. <laughs> but Usually they, they cut off your fingertips and <laughs> smash your teeth with a hammer if they want to make you unrecognizable, not give you a f***ing quiff. <laughs> give spread. you a mullet. <laughs> His wife's there. It's like, well, it looks like a lot like Zygmunt, but... He would never wear those kind of shoes, so I guess it's not. <laughs> it looks like my husband, but also kind of like Machine Gun Kelly. So, so it couldn't possibly be my husband. <laughs> Who, yeah, it could be a calling card kind of thing, you know. The trimmer. <laughs> <laughs> you boys better watch out for the trimmer, eh? Or something like that. Or like a crime-fighting duo, the Scissor Sisters. I'm if you're not careful, <laughs> you end up six feet under with frosted tips. <laughs> Something about this whole scene isn't sitting right with Godfrey, so he calls for backup. When they arrive, he briefs the team on his findings so far. After having a little look, if I had to guess, I'd say he died of a heart attack. But that doesn't explain how he got up on top of the 12-foot coal heap. There's something funny going on with this one, I reckon. That was really good, actually. If you want, there's maybe like a couple of those lines that I, I could clean up a little bit with my Yorkshire accent. But if, if you're 
if you're fine, I, we can move on. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's always good to have other sure. takes, so give it a shot. Uh, how did you say the first one? That first word? Uh, after, after, after. After having a little look, I think that's how I said it. Okay, and that second one, how do you pr- how is that pronounced? These are big words, man. This is actually light a lock. After having a lo- light, a little look. Do you see? Is that that's what that not, is? That's not dialect. That's English. And after that, after light a lock or a little look, you know, and maybe we don't have time. If, I, I thought you were gonna kind of rattle them out, but if if we if we're gonna teach you the English language, sorry. some of these uh, well, there's, some of these are pretty big words. I didn't mention this at the start of the the, the podcast because I I didn't want to derail us yeah. uh, too much. But I was, um, earlier this weekend, I was kicked in the side of the head by a donkey. So I didn't think it was worth bringing up. But now I feel like it, it's having a bit of an impact on you the story as a whole. You have a so. TBI. <laughs> you have a traumatic brain injury. I do have a TBI, actually. A truly bad infestation of donkeys on my land. <laughs> so yeah, Obviously. What did you do to make it kick you in the head? I can't really pinpoint one specific thing because it was very undeserving. But if I had to put my finger on anything... It would be when I stole the donkey food. You have a dent in the side of your skull. That's I fair. I didn't notice it earlier, but it, now that I've seen it, I can't not. I can't unsee it. As long as we think Do we can keep going with the this, plot. No, 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 no. We're fine. We're fine. I feel like if we don't push through it, the donkey wins, which is not what I want. So after explaining the situation, the officers are intrigued and make a beeline for the body to see it for themselves. But even they are no closer to understanding what happened. As we said, he'd been gone for five days, but it didn't look like he'd been sleeping rough, and he hadn't been starving. That's when one officer asked, How long did you say he's been missing? Five days now. Then why's he only got one day of stubble? That's right. It looked like at some point, Zygmunt had either shaved or been shaved. The initial investigation reached some interesting conclusions. Given that he was balanced precariously face up on a massive pile of coal, they were pretty sure that he was dropped from above, because the police can't understand how someone could have carried him up there without being seen. At the end of the day, the only way to find out the cause of death was to get the body moved so they can do a post-mortem. But when Zygmunt arrived at the lab, the mortician can't believe what he's seeing. Kit, this is where things are about to get paranormal. On the neck and shoulder of the body, there were strange burn marks covered in some kind of weird gel. The time of death is determined to be between 11 and 1 on the day of the discovery. The burns, however, are two days old. The weird slime on the burns still couldn't be identified, but the pathologist assumed that someone had tried to treat the wounds since they were inflicted. Mmm, Bongella. The official cause of death takes the coroner months to deduce. I imagine the bodies are piling up at the morgue. <laughs> he's like, couldn't be. Is that Vaseline? Is it, va- is it Vaseline? We've got a bunch of other like... bodies over here that are way easier to solve. <laughs> oh, give me a second. Give me a second. Because they're I think actually I'm... <laughs> decomposing pretty bad because you're <laughs> taking, I don't want to be rude, but quite a long time. Well, it's a, it's, it's a big case. I want to get to the bottom of it. Um, are pterodactyls extinct? Absolutely, someone, okay. absolutely. Well, that ticks off. <laughs> it ticks off one of the list of dinosaurs <laughs> he has on a notebook. All right, we just need to... And after dinosaurs, we're going to be moving on to birds and then ants. <laughs> you know, as soon as he moves on to the next body, he's like, 
Well, it's a skeleton, so I assume he was <laughs> dipped in acid. No, he's been here for months. <laughs> the final post-mortem concluded that Zygmunt Adamanski died of a heart attack. Come on. But the police never got to the bottom of how the body ended up in the coal yard or what happened to Zygmunt in the five days leading up to his death. It seemed like whatever happened to Zygmunt would remain a mystery. But people outside of the family, outside of the police, outside of society, had theories of their own. Theories so crazy that they must be true. Well... Aliens! That's, okay. that's not... I just want to, before we dive headfirst into this, and I'm more than willing to, to do that, okay. that, I just want to get out of there. That's not how theories work. It's not that if they're so crazy, they have to be true. I appreciate the rebuttal, but I think we both know that the the unspoken rule on this podcast is that when I say the word aliens, aliens. and add the reverb that I will add later on, mm-hmm. it kind of shuts down all counter arguments and all attempted reasoning behind uh, what I'm trying to say. Fair enough. Continue. Yeah, just a quick aliens. aliens. So not long after Zygmunt's death, the so- aliens. I didn't Sorry, say I thought. <laughs> I, was, I thought you were going to chime in, so I was trying to get ahead You're of you before you got dude, it in there. I, are you even sitting down? You're like hovering right on the edge of your seat. You're Sweating. so anxious. <laughs> in my defense, I'm also constipated. So that's partially why on I'm not sitting. On account of the donkey. <laughs> Did I mention he also kicked me in the ass? <laughs> he kicked the shit out of me? I wish. <laughs> he kicked the shit into me. <laughs> That's actually why I instigated the fight. I was hoping he could beat the shit out of me. <laughs> Literally. Not long after Zygmunt's death, the Sunday Mirror ran with the headline, Amazing UFO Death Riddle. Where'd they get that from? <laughs> there was gel on his neck. We haven't got a lot to go on. There's gel on the neck. He disappeared. He was found on top of a giant mound of coal. They don't know how he got up there. It doesn't take much, I think, for these news companies to to grasp at straws. That's fair enough. I got to appreciate the headline, UFO death riddle. That's an incredible combination of words. Said it before, say it again. Decent band name. The article mentions the Burns a lot, presumably speculating that they are otherworldly. Even when asked, the coroner in the case said he couldn't rule out UFO activity. I mean, he's on a mound of coal. That's how he got burned. Well, the, the coal wasn't on fire. It was like a... You well, know. what's more likely, the bit of coal went on fire or an alien burned him with a death ray? <laughs> Despite the case remaining unsolved and the wild UFO theories surrounding Zygmunt's death, eventually public interest died down. The police obviously didn't take the UFO explanation seriously. I mean, anyone that did would presumably have been fired on the spot. Mm. Disappointed, Godfrey, the police chief who was first on the scene, had to close the case and move on. But little did he know, this case was long from over, and it was about to have a second victim. Himself. What? It was 5 a.m. on the 26th of November, 1980. And Police Chief Godfrey is out working late when a call comes over the radio. We've got 1091 at the local farm. Reports of missing cattle. That's right, a local farmer called into the police saying that some of his cattle had gone missing. So Godfrey decided to head to the farm. It's late and the roads are dark, but Police Chief Godfrey speeds down the back roads to get to the farm before more cows go missing. But in front of him, 
blocking his path is what looks like a large bus overturned on its side. Holy shit. Godfrey slams on the brakes, stopping dead in his tracks, right in front of this huge object. Something feels wrong, so he remains in the car. Upon closer inspection, he can see it's not a bus, but instead a metallic object, kind of a diamond shape, with a domed top and a long row of windows on the side. How did you mistake that for a bus? It's a, <laughs> um, a massive diamond? It's dark, okay? And he's got cows on the mind. It's 5 a.m. He's a sleepy little bastard. To get a better look, Godfrey set his lights to full beam. As his headlights hit the object, he realized it wasn't on the road. It was hovering five feet above the road. No, I, I did. There's no way you thought that was about whatever. Okay, now I'm on your side. That's a bit, that's a bit nuts. So he thought it was an overturned bus. It's a UFO. It is 100% a f***ing 20-foot golden diamond hovering in the night sky. Yeah. I love that he had to, by the way, he didn't like drive by it and get a glimpse. He like has pulled over. He's staring at it's it. It's blocking the entire road. Yeah. Godfrey was terrified. Not taking his eyes off the object, he reached down for his radio to contact the station. Hello? Hello? Guys, I need some help out here. He tried over and over, but communications were completely dead. Knowing that there is no way in hell anyone is going to believe him, he took out a pen and paper and immediately began sketching what he saw. This is the difference between uh, Britain and America because I've been so conditioned by all our previous investigations that I was convinced with nothing else left to do, he was going to pull out a gun and start firing wildly. But no, he, he started sketching, which is he, a bit more sensible. Apparently at the time in the 1980s, which I got a real big kick out of this, part of the policy for road accidents mm. was to sketch the scene. F*** off. Apparently so. I guess this is maybe before cameras were that commonplace yeah that it like uh the police officers would be handed them for their shifts That's so i guess mental. to like get a little rundown of distances and locations and things like that but i actually have the picture that he drew that night wow if you want to take a little look at this you can get a better idea of what this thing looked like i d I, I don't want to seem like i'm getting hung up on this ladies and gentlemen i just want you to know how little of a bus this looks like <laughs> It's a gigantic UFO. He says well, it's it has a, windows. It's a twenty-foot wide diamond floating in the air. It looks more like a hot air balloon than a bus. Fourteen feet tall. Uh, it has um, a whole row of windows. Um, Look, if you're wow. driving, if you're driving down the countryside and it's late at night, your, your shift ends in, in seventy minutes, and there's a little object in in front it's of you. It's not little. <laughs> it's twenty feet wide, fourteen feet tall. You're, you're gonna you're. Your immediate thought is going to be like, huh, what is that? Is that a, is that a well, bus? Was that a car? Was that one of the loose cars? You're not going to say, oh, is that a 30-foot f***ing extraterrestrial glowing diamond craft? He's, he's, he's just <laughs> rotating. It's spinning around. It is. There's some, there's some motion involved <laughs> as well. It looks like, uh, you know, when, when you go to like tourist locations and they have those observatories that move up a giant... Okay, like a tower, Pillar? yeah, and then it's like a, the whole thing is like a lift. Yeah, and, it, and it's a big lookout dome that you can really go inside. I can't think where those are. Where are I feel they? like there's one in, there's one in Brighton, actually. Okay. Yeah, and I think like other places, maybe like Seattle, Toronto, maybe some places, you know, big cities like that. As he was sketching the craft, suddenly there was a bright flash of light in front of him. 
so bright that all of his surroundings disappeared. And when it faded, he was driving again. Whoa, they neuralized him. It's messed up, isn't it? He glanced at the clock to see that 30 minutes had passed in an instant. He traveled further down the road and was feeling strange and tingly. When he looked down at his shoes, the soles were scratched and split as if he'd been dragged down the road. He also had a Rory-style dent in the side of his head where a crowbar had connected with his head. As soon as he was thinking straight, he turned around going back up the road to find the UFO again. But when he got there, there was no sign of it. It had been raining that night, and right where he'd seen the object, the road was dry. Fair play for turning around and going back. I mean, if that happens to me, I just keep on driving. I just forget about what happened. I feel like a lot of people do. We have cases where, you know, someone, people kind of feel like it was a weird experience, go home, and then the next day they find out they've got radiation burns <laughs> all over their body. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I've got a lot of respect for someone who went through something like this and turned around to go back. He decided to keep this whole situation on the down low, but within a week, somebody leaked it to the press. You know, it's a slippery slope from there. Everyone started calling him Captain Kirk. Uh, he left the police, and obviously in the town, his credibility was destroyed. Wow, I mean, we saw this last week where a local policeman in, in America, uh, he hit a leprechaun with his land cruiser, I don't want to be associated with that story. I feel like he was so distraught <laughs> by all the bullying uh, that he had to leave the force and was traumatized. His credibility was destroyed, but not to everyone. His inspector revealed that three officers from the Halifax division also reported seeing a strange steel blue light at 4.49 a.m. just a few days earlier. Hmm. Which I think is so rude. For him to tell that story, everyone to take the piss out of him, calling him Captain Kirk, he leaves the force. And uh, just as he's like cleaning out his desk, they're all like, oh, hey, will you tell, uh, will you tell E.T. I say hi, you dumb mother when you're on your next little spaceship? Do you, did you hand in your gun or do you, did you hand in your laser gun too, you dumbass? <laughs> oh, um, yeah, before you go as well, uh, three other guys from Halifax said they saw a craft that night. So, and it's actually uh, <laughs> pretty scary, son. So we're going to be investigating it. <laughs> oh, they actually got a book deal, by the way. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of your yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. The Halifax officers that claim they saw a craft sent a report to the Ministry of Defense that said, Air traffic control contacted. They have no record of aircraft in the area, nor have they tracked anything at all. Soon after, PC Godfrey found another witness, Leonard Smith, a former police officer who also reported seeing a large object rise into the sky. And in 2014, Bob Coates, a bus driver who passed the same spot as Godfrey that same day, said that he discovered a strange dry patch on the road where the leaves and twigs on the ground had formed a strange circle like a whirlwind. So I'm starting to see where this headline came from after Zygmunt turned up dead. This time, there's nothing but UFO sightings. It's crazy. Now, I don't know how many there were prior to Zygmunt's death. It seems like this place is a bit of a hotbed for UFO activity. Apparently. So I can see that, yeah, an unexplained death in the middle of some sleepy town with a lot of strange elements to it. Sure, it's not a, a, a leap to think that there could be a paranormal explanation behind it. But you must be kicking yourself if you were the police officer who claimed that this thing wasn't paranormal. And then months later, you have your own paranormal experience that's so devastating, you have to leave the force. <laughs> you know, yep. it's, as if the, it's as if the aliens were like, oh, you don't believe that we exist, you son of a bitch? <laughs> like, Woo! no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> Roasting his ass with a nuclear exhaust pipe. <laughs> How do you like us now, you little bastard? I'm the one telling everyone else you do exist. They're waterboarding him with alien goo. <laughs> you think goo doesn't exist? I didn't <laughs> say that. I found the goo. <laughs> Goo's <laughs> real. Goo's realer than you are. Why are you guys so defensive about the goo? We have goo on earth. Now, of course, Police Chief Godfrey, among others, are all wondering, could Zygmunt's disappearance just months earlier have had something to do with the appearance of this craft. Mm. And this is where we reach the point in every UFO story where things always get cranked up to a hundred. Mm -hmm. Hypnosis. This is always the part of the story where things take a wild turn. And I was, I was thinking about how in interesting this is. You know, especially recently, there's been a ton of uh, videos of UFO crafts mm -hmm. being unclassified declassified sure and released by the uh, the american government and we're kind of at a place now where it's not weird anymore to think that ufos exist unidentified right. flying objects you know i feel like 
even years ago, people would have think it was something for just crackpots and mm -hmm. conspiracy theorists. Now, a lot of people would be like, yeah, sure, of course. Like, these videos have been taken. They're all real. We're all kind of on board with that part of the story. Sure. The next part that I think we're we're a couple years away from getting on board with is uh, the following parts of the story is the claims of the people who say they've been up in one of those crafts. Right. Sure, 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 sure. We're sure. not quite there yet. For some reason, I mean, even myself, I'm someone who can get on board with a UFO. I, I can see a UFO video and be like, that's from another dimension. I don't know. But then as soon as someone says, I was actually on one of those crafts, I'm like, where are you? You seem full you know? of shit. It's tough. And this is kind of where we're heading into the hypnosis section where some of the missing events of the night that Godfrey had are going to be revealed. Godfrey decided to try hypnosis to help him remember what happened that night in the blank window of time. Over a few sessions, he was able to piece together some memories. After being struck by the beam of light, he was lifted from his seat and drawn into the craft. Once on board, he says he met a strange human-like being named Joseph. Once again, he was enveloped in a bright light and found himself now lying on a table. Surrounding him were creatures with bulb-shaped heads who asked him questions while giving him a physical examination. That was pretty much the full extent of what he could remember. Now, he didn't do many illustrations of what the creatures look like. I did manage to find one picture. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh because this isn't necessarily a funny story. You went through something quite traumatic. But there's something so I find so hilarious about this Joseph alien. Mm -hmm. This is a picture of a drawing he did of the craft on a whiteboard. But behind him, you can see he also did a drawing of what I assume is Joseph the alien. I don't know why I find this so funny. <laughs> By the way, he looks pretty pleased with himself. Not Joseph, but... Um, That's a good drawing. Joseph is really not what I was expecting. I was <laughs> no. expecting Joseph from the Bible, guy wearing robes. Yeah, because uh, we hear sometimes stories of people who, I don't know, are up in a, a UFO, <laughs> and it's like a Nordic gray, you know, yeah. like angelic humans with beautiful blonde flowing hair and blue eyes. Uh -huh. This is... Uh, a gray, let's be clear. It's 100% a gray. It's, it's a gray UFO alien um, that seems to be going undercover on Earth <laughs> as an old man. It's just a gray wearing a wig and a fake beard. <laughs> it's literally, you slapped a fake beard on any generic alien. It's the funniest <laughs> looking thing in the world. It's really something I've never seen in four years of doing this show. We've never, <laughs> it's never been suggested that a gray would have hair and a beard. Which really says something, doesn't it? You hear all these stories of aliens or, um, you know, intelligent life from around the universe shifting and shaping into sure. a form that humans would find more normal for their encounter. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we think about what that process is like, you know, we think of a star or a, a blob of space jizz, like morphing mm -hmm. into like a perfect human replica. Whereas in this case, it looks like <laughs> this guy is just like a fucking 10 foot skinny bug man yeah. who decided to put on a santa beard he put on a, a, a fake glasses and a mustache all in one 
And he's like, greetings, I am Joseph. This is Mikey. He's on an intercom to his home planet. These dumb motherfucker <laughs> humans don't suspect shit. They're such stupid assholes. <laughs> but at the end of the day, look, we're here to understand what happened to Zygmunt and decide whether or not his disappearance and death was paranormal. The reason Godfrey's story is wrapped up in all of this is because it plays a huge part in the theory of it being a UFO encounter. Mm. Obviously, I don't need to say it. We're both convinced but before we throw down our double yeses and pop open a bottle of space wine, like always, we I don't have want. To... I just want to be clear. I don't want any space wine. Space beer, then. I understand. It is early, of course. Like always, we have to consider the more down-to-earth explanations. Obviously, a lot of people online have tried to crack the case themselves, and there's a few different theories I thought we should run through. Yes, please. A few people believe that he just wandered off. This is obviously, um, we're talking about Zygmunt. A few people believe he just wandered off in a state of depression or got disorientated after being struck by lightning. <laughs> That's a that explanation took a real left turn at the end. Yeah, well, because like, you also have to, there's so many things you have to explain. And you're like, okay, well, maybe he got to the coal mine because he was disorientated. Maybe he's depressed, maybe he was running away. It's like, well, what about the burns? What about the burns of the fact his hair is shorter? It's like, like yeah, we think he um, became confused, distressed, traumatized, maybe an element of PTSD after being in a uh, nuclear experiment of some kind. <laughs> right. like, okay, well, it's just the latter. It's just the final bit. It's not the you first bit. Yeah. Everyone would be disoriented <laughs> and confused after the experiment. Uh, one sexier theory was that Zygmunt was having an affair the idea is that he was saying he was going to go get potatoes, but he was visiting another woman. What he really meant was potato-sized honkers. <laughs> he said, I'm going to go get me some potatoes, which is very different to <laughs> I'm going to buy some potatoes. <laughs> he was licking his lips as he talked about the potatoes, which is kind of weird in retrospect. Kept calling them sweet potatoes. <laughs> uh, the idea is, you know, he's having the affair. He takes his shirt off, has a heart attack during sex. Because he was almost 60. Okay. Falls down onto something hot. Burns his neck. <laughs> Again, you, you have to... There's yeah. so many things you have to justify that it has to all kind of... You have Every to fill explanation a lot of has to do so much lifting. Uh, Literally he, to get him on top of the pile of coal. Well, that's where it kind of falls flat. The idea is the woman panics, dumps the body somewhere to hide the affair. Why would you dump him... At the top of a pile of coal where you, it's so obvious that he would be found. That doesn't really, you know, I can see how you would almost get there, but I don't know. I'm not buying it. The family believed that Zygmunt might have been attacked by an angry relative who at the time had a restraining order against him. Uh, but the police pretty much ruled that out completely. Hmm. Another popular theory, believe it or not. By the way, like the way the police haven't ruled out any of those other f***ing bonkers theories. No, 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 no. It wasn't the family. They liked him. Yeah, they're like, all right, so he was either having a sexy-ass affair or Zeus himself struck him dead. And it's like, he actually has a restraining order against a man who's threatened to kill him who works at the coal yard. No, it's just too obvious. Just too obvious. Another popular theory, believe it or not, is the KGB. Whoa. There's a theory that throughout the 80s and the 90s, the Soviet secret police were sent out to hunt down people who had fled Eastern Europe to escape communism. Which does sound crazy, uh, 
But there are so many genuine cases of KGB assassinations happening all over the world, including the UK. I mean, what was it, just two, three years ago, two men were poisoned? Yeah, too recently. It was wild. It's, it's uh, recent enough that this, weirdly, is maybe the most plausible explanation for all of it. Am, am I right in saying they're not the KGB anymore? Isn't that like the old name, right? Yeah, it's been rebranded. Yeah, the KGB was disbanded, however. It's like one of those like rock bands are in some kind of contractual dispute. All they had to do was quote-unquote disband, get a new name. Yeah. And uh, what do you know, everyone else, all the same people still work there. We are now the KBG. That's too similar. <laughs> people still know what, y- what y'all are doing. <laughs> BGK? <laughs> Fine, whatever. That's why you know... We just shift around our anagram anytime we get into trouble. We're currently TPL, but we've had to change that from LTP to LLP. We've had a lot of podcasts and a lot of identity. You don't want to know the kind of stuff we got up to in the 80s. Um, Well, look, I've given you some logical explanations. I've given you some wilder theories. I've given you a little bit of the history with UFO experiences in this location in the UK. It's time. It's time to decide. We need to put this murder mystery mm. to rest right now on the podcast. How exciting. The chance to play a part, a, a little part in the history of this case and maybe cast some more light on it in terms of showing other people this crazy story. Um, thank you for investigating this one, Roy. Pretty nuts tale. Thank you, thank you. Definitely really interesting. It harks back to a bunch of other cases. You know, let's say the cases with like the iron masks and stuff. I someone actually mm, I should really know who it was so I could credit you because it was someone who posted on the our Facebook page the This Paranormal Life Secret Society um, but as soon as they posted it I was like 100% I'm doing this on the podcast yeah. I'm a sucker for a uh, a disappearance or a mysterious death involving anything paranormal absolutely it's just it's it's pure movie fodder isn't it it's totally. like an M. Night Shyamalan movie it's so unsettling and weird and Obviously, we're not left with a lot of answers in the beginning, but then fascinating that then so many different paranormal uh, experiences started going on after the fact. So we're left with the question, is that evidence to what kind of paranormal things happened to Zygmunt? Or is it that the local peoples got it into their heads that paranormal things were happening and they all started having those experiences? Uh, But got to be honest, I never put two and two together. This could be some kind of state murder Actually, this kind of seems a lot like something the KGB might have done. Yeah. Some of it maybe doesn't make sense. The haircut is a little bit weird. Maybe the cl- the clothes being put on, like someone who doesn't know how to dress someone. But I guess if you're in a hurry, like who, who gives a shit? Um, yeah, I think uh, maybe that for me is the most plausible explanation. I understand that these are almost two different cases. You know, you have... Um, Zygmunt's death and disappearance and Godfrey, police chief Godfrey's experience with this craft. Annoyingly, they need to be linked together because mm-hmm. one case affects the other so much. Sure. But I almost wish we could have done them individually because mm-hmm. I think if it was just Godfrey's case and the paranormal sightings of the UFOs that took place that night in his experience, I might be drifting more towards a yes. But I think we're not here to discuss that today. That's just a small part of the story. We're here today to talk about the It's a small 20-foot diamond-shaped part of this story. <laughs> Bus-looking part of the story. <laughs> Hovering threateningly five feet off the ground. So um, 
for me personally, I think uh, this disappearance, although very strange, I don't have enough evidence to conclude that this is paranormal. Agreed. It's a strange one. It's a mystery. Maybe I'm edging with you. I think, may, like, grimly, the KGB explanation might be the most accurate rather than being hit by a lightning bolt in the middle of the day, disappearing for five days and then having a heart attack on a pile of coal. It's frustrating because uh, in a movie, this would be a textbook kind of uh, Jason Bourne movie situation where it looks like Zygmunt died, but the reason he's wearing weird clothes and he's got a weird haircut is because this is like a, a they faked his death. I put on a rubber face. Yeah, yeah. something they killed someone else and then... Um, did makeup, crazy futuristic makeup to make him look like the guy. That's right. If they wanted to disappear him, give him a new life, a new passport, send him on secret missions. Oh, that sounds very... Now I want to watch that movie. That sounds great. This is yet another movie pitch. Copyright. Uh, that is copyrighted. You cannot do anything with it. Of course. With. What's the working title? Should it be? Oh, um, UFO Death Riddle. <laughs> is the Perfect. name of the movie. Perfect. It's not even working title. Uh, So just to clarify, this week, I believe, with the mysterious disappearance of Zygmunt Adamski, it is a double no. Don't know where you got that from, mate. I am all in. No, no, not really. Oh, Jesus. My heart is going straight (laughs) up there. It is a double no, unfortunately. But hey, thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you, Amy Grisdale, for the fantastic research on this wonderful mystery. Uh, That was a blast to look into today. And, uh... You know, keep sending in your cases, folks. We're always looking for new things to investigate. So send them all in to thisparanormallifepodcast at gmail.com. We will look into it. If you enjoyed this week's episode or any episode of This Paranormal Life, boy, do we have a treat for you. On patreon.com forward slash thisparanormallife, there are 42, is that correct? 42. Hi extra episodes of this paranormal life and for the small price of five doubloons five buckaroos you can listen to every single one of them this is the fun thing about the patreon is the longer it goes on the sweeter the deal gets you know that's right and if you're interested in this paranormal life merchandise then we have just opened up the store where you can get t-shirts with the logo on it with the chompies logo on it tons of stuff with new designs coming all the time so check it out head on over to the store the links for all of these are in the description of the podcast so check it all out and if you want to help us out in a different way you don't want to splash the cash the best way to do it is just to head on to your podcast app of choice whatever it is spotify itunes and uh storm the charts (laughs) okay coming a little strong there bud (laughs) let me write that back just uh what do you want to do like Leave a review. review, Yeah, Yeah, that would be good if you could leave a review. Make sure you're following us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever. Take take no prisoners. Sorry. Um, Storm the charts. Make sure you're following. You know, subscribe. uh, Five star. Take no prisoners. Uh, We will be the number one podcast in the world by sundown. I think what Rory is alluding to here is the firstborn of every podcaster. and the more that you blood. guys follow us, the more that you guys Sorry, yeah. uh, share the podcast and uh, rate and review us, uh, we do actually get a little bump up the charts, which is um, you could almost an say we awesome storm way of you could almost say we storm the charts. I guess if it happened fast enough, yeah, I guess you could say we storm, storm the charts. Storm the charts. Uh, so those little bastards at the top, those kings. You know what this how... is, folks? Have you ever seen the fucking Hunger Games? Do you know who we sure. are? 
Who? I don't know. One of the districts, one of the sh- the dirt eating little We're peasant dis- districts, oh. you know? And we are just dancing, dancing for the, for the man while they flick us coins and make us fight and eat each other. But no longer. The rebellion starts now. We're going to storm the charts. They've had it good for too long at the top of those charts. The number one podcast in the UK needs to be this one. Untethered, unbiased, unresearched, loud beautiful content not held back by facts or experts or opinions exactly or education just two mics hot and live for an hour that's what we need folks we've got to storm the charts thank you so much for everyone who has left a review for everyone who support us on patreon and for everyone who's picked up their shirts from the this paranormal life store uh we love you guys and you're the reason that we can keep making this show every week uh i got a date with a donkey so uh i gotta please for the love of god do not go see that donkey again it will kill you it's round two baby ding ding and i know this little bastard's moves and i think i'm gonna be able to evade you've been slurring your words for like an hour here i don't think you've you've got the jump on this thing i wish i was slurring my turds because i'm still (laughs) see a doctor (laughs) i'm still constipated uh i wish i had a date with a toilet all right guys uh, so this is the kind of content, the kind of humor that should be really number one in Spotify. Oh, God, I can't believe I said any of that. Uh, thank you for listening to the podcast this week. We will be back next week with a brand new paranormal tale. Bye bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.